No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. I can't believe they named a character Kropotkin and then made her a landlord. <laughs> yeah, but she's like a good landlord. <laughs> she she gets him a lawyer. She uh, takes care of him the morning after he fights the Cthulhu. It's um, it's a world of mythic creatures and. <laughs> Kropotkin is uh, one of those. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I don't know where to start in responding to that. Uh, I'm just going to go into it. Uh, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit, here with Charlie, who seems to believe that landlords can be good, even in fairy tales. Um, and today no, we're talking only about- only in fairy tales. <laughs> still too far man uh today we're talking about 1991's cast a deadly spell uh charlie you picked this movie for a specific reason do you want to go into that for a minute yeah so originally i was gonna do night of the living dead you know all-time classic banger um but then fred ward passed away so i thought it would be good to um pick a fred ward movie this is a movie i've wanted to see for a long time it's right in my alley because I love H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and I love film noirs, so this is seemed like a perfect fit, and, you know, with a pretty solid cast, and yeah, Fred Ward's awesome. We were supposed to have a Tremors episode come out a little bit ago, but the recording of that got fucked up, so we need to redo that episode. So I figured, let's get some Fred Ward content out there. Might as well choose this one. Hell yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Fred Ward. I haven't seen him in much, but everything he's in, he shines. He fucking shines. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, you know, in the sequel to this, uh, Lovecraft is played by... Um, oh my god. Uh, who's the guy? Um, Easy Rider. Uh, oh, Fonda? No, the other one. Oh God, yeah, the guy who's like now he's super gnarly reactionary dude. Uh, fuck, he's like the reporter in uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he's the bad guy in Blue Velvet. Um, that guy. Uh, yeah, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Okay, I didn't know there was a sequel yeah. to this, and I didn't know Dennis yeah, Hopper took direct- over for Fred Ward. Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I know that movie's not supposed to be good, and that's all I know. It's also made by Paul Schrader, which uh, is kind of insane because it's what like it? a real prestigious director. Okay. Um, you know who Paul Schrader is? I know the name, but I don't. I can't bring yeah. it to mind right now. He wrote Taxi Driver. Um, oh, shit. He also wrote Last Temptation of the Christ, but then he's directed, uh, I think, Mishima um autofocus uh hardcore trip how weird he's like like, i'm busy doing tremors too 
Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, that movie isn't supposed to be that good. Um, but I'm interested in seeing it. For sure. Uh, well, do you want to give us a synopsis on this movie? Los Angeles, 1948. Everybody used magic, with one exception. Detective Howard Phillips Lovecraft, poli- a police detective turned private eye. Magic abounds to this world, used for all things big and small, from lighting cigarettes and moving luggage to murdering people who sell fake Necronomicons and enslaving Haitians as zombies. Lovecraft is hired by a shitty rich dude named Amos Hackshaw to find a book that was stolen from him, the Necronomicon, a book that he claims is just a treatise on esoteric magic that he needs for a conference. But I'm sure our dear, brilliant listeners know that the book is a bit more important than that. Through his investigation, Lovecraft encounters a bunch of different magic and magical creatures, such as gremlins and good landlords. But despite all this, he never breaks his own rule to never use magic. He also reveals that he's a piece of shit bigot, which might be the only part of his character that is actually based on the real, on the real Howard Phillips Lovecraft. It turns out that Hackshaw needed the book to perform a ritual calling on the Old Ones, and most specifically Cthulhu, to turn him into a god. But his, but his key ingredient, his 16-year-old virginal unicorn-hunting daughter, was turned non-virginal by a bastard. Cthulhu eats Father Hackshaw instead, and then bones the fuck out. The end. Yeah, good synopsis. That really wrapped it up. <laughs> um, Alright, so you had wanted to see this, for, see this for a long time, but you hadn't seen it. No, it had always been on my list of... Uh, yeah, uh, magical noir to watch, movies but... to watch. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> just lists on movies to watch. But I like a million movies lists on that uh, things that put on that list. So it always just got pushed, pushed back. So this was a great reason to finally get around to watching it. Um, totally. Had you ever heard of this movie before? Never. And in fact, until like a night before I watched it, even though we've been planning to watch it for weeks and weeks. I could never keep the name in my head. It's such a bad name for this movie in my mind. Like, I just could not do it. And then I was like, well, when I watch it, it'll finally stick. And now I still don't know why it's called that. So it's like not sticking. But I kept being like, curse, curse, a filthy smock. What is it? And I, I couldn't do it. Curse a filthy smock. <laughs> That's a TM. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do something with that one. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so, it's it's not the greatest title, I guess. I, I wonder if it's, like, a reference to something. Um, I mean, it just sounds very, like, noir, old movie-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought, despite some problematic stuff, it was a, a pretty fun movie overall. Um, just not, like, an all-time great movie, but I, I thought just... It, it builds a really fun world and you live in that world for an hour and a half and it's just a pretty it's a pretty fun cool time they do some just some inventive stuff and it's neat it's a neat movie nice. what do you think of it i was pretty lukewarm on it i like a lot of things about like i feel like it was close to being awesome like mm-hmm I liked the world building. I really liked the inversion of magic. Like, I liked the the normal thing we see in a magic movie, whether it's high or low fantasy or whatever, is, like, 
oh, people say magic used to be around, but it's not around anymore. And then someone discovers <laughs> it. And like our, our main person discovers it. And this is the opposite where it's like magic is new. It's this yeah. weird part of the future. Like, come on, it's 1948. You're not using magic. It's almost like technology and our main character is like somebody who refuses to get a smartphone. Like they, like yeah. <laughs> they're they're the opposite of the normal. So I thought that was really clever. I just kind of wish it was executed better. Where like, like it's quirky, but not a single joke worked for me. Like I didn't laugh once. I, okay, that's not true. I mean, I I didn't laugh once, but one joke worked for me. It's when he said, "Do I come over here and tell you to how to how to abuse the servants?" Uh, that was a funny joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I told you how to do your job. Because uh, this movie, one thing I do like with this movie is very anti-rich people. That was great. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was like, I don't know how to put it. It was like it, it had all the elements that should work, but it didn't feel like they refined them into a nice collective thing, if that makes sense. But yeah, totally. Fred Ward did awesome. I mean, other, like other yeah. than his character having shitty things to do, he was great. Like he was fucking amazing in this. I yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he was perfect for this role. Um, totally. He, he nails it. I wonder if he did any other kind of film noir things because it, that's it's a pretty good setting for him, I think. Um, yeah. And it, it reminded me of Tremors in that. I mean, this movie's dated in a lot of ways and just had fucked up shit. And so anytime I kind of say this, it's going to be like, other than that, like in the realm of this movie, it reminded me of Tremors and Tremors 2 in that he plays the guy who like everybody else makes no sense and sucks. And he plays <laughs> like the pretty solid dude um, in most of the scenes. And yes, just like in Tremors and Tremors 2. Pretty much and all but one scene. Pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that was, that was cool. Uh, it's just interesting that he's he's so good at that. He's like the down to earth gritty dude while everybody else is fucking yeah. around. You know, Coven Bacon's um, fucking around. Yeah. Uh speaking of everyone else, we also got Clancy Brown, um, and uh uh Julian Moore. So it's pretty Who's Clancy pretty good Brown? Cast. Is he the one who played Harry? Yeah. Okay. I knew I'd recognized him, but I couldn't say from what. Yeah, he's uh He's a pretty recognizable dude. Um, I'm trying to think. He was in Starship Troopers, right? Oh, uh, yeah, he was. Fuck yeah. Was he in Shawshank Redemption? I haven't seen that in oh, decades. Oh, so long, um, but sure. Uh, right. What I just... Last... The other week, I watched Extreme Prejudice, which he's in. He's pretty good in. Um, but, yeah, he's he's just a recognizable dude. He's played a lot of pretty cool roles, and I, he always he's always really good in his roles, I think. Yeah, usually a bad guy, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So he, the main guy, is Lovecraft, and then we have Bradbury, uh, and then yeah. we have Kropotkin, which really threw. Yeah, me those off. are the only names I recognize. Same. So, like with Kropotkin, I was like, "Is this supposed to be a reference?" But also, that's such a weird name for an Asian exactly voodoo, like which that's like... a Russian. I mean, it was her husband's name, but we don't know the husband. But it was yeah. like, this does not fit. Like, the only other Kropotkin I've ever seen in anything was the grandpa in um, Rugrats. And that's, like, very <laughs> clearly an anarchist reference. Like, that show had radical elements and very clearly was. This, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like, was this... But it, it kind of <laughs> yeah. felt like... 
I don't know how to explain it. That's kind of how the movie felt, where, like, the writer would be like, oh, I read about Kaprokin. He's cool. I'll throw that in there. There, there was a lot yeah. of that feeling in this movie. Like, oh, Bradbury, fuck it. Just throw it in there. Yeah, but there's nothing actually exactly with the character that has anything to do with that. They're just like, I just want to throw this uh, right this person I like their name in. Um, yeah, it's like a, a little wink to the audience, but I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. like I liked it, and then when nothing happened with it, it was almost a disappointment. I guess mm. um, when there weren't more names, I kept waiting for more names. I know. I was looking through the through the list of characters, and I was like, Are these just names? I don't recognize or are they just are they just not references some of our listeners who are way cooler than us are gonna be like oh you don't know the really amazing scandinavian author uh <laughs> whose name is uh hacksaw like <laughs> come on you don't know about tugwell the really cool <laughs> chilean fucking revolutionary i don't know uh, <laughs> um one other thing i really liked was the slang just one line but he goes we're jake that was good. What did you say? We're Jake. Like, we're good. Never heard that before. Oh. That was cool. I've never heard that before. Nope. Maybe Fred Ward just made it up. It's possible. Um, uh, yeah, but, I, I agree with you that a lot of the humor um, doesn't didn't really hit. There are a couple things that made me laugh. But even then, I don't think it was from dialogue. I think it was just... Like the gremlins cackling were funny, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, let's get the problematic stuff out of the way real quick at the top. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously there's the main thing, which is the transphobic and homophobic scene, which partially because it's dated and partially uh, just because it sucked. But like, yeah, yeah, misgendering, being violent with the trans person, the slurs, it's just like, whoo, it comes at you fast and it's like all at once. Like, you're like, yeah, oh, cool, it's really... There's a trans woman in this, and then you're like, oh, it's a butt of a joke. It's really unexpected. Uh, one thing about that, though, is that they didn't really make the character herself, like, particularly shitty or embarrassing, I don't think. It was no. just, like, Fred Ward's treatment of her. Yes. Um, which I was kind of surprised by. You think if they're going to have transphobic, they would be kind of more cruel. Uh, it was so confusing. Have a more cruel depiction of the character itself. Well, it but, was the kind of transphobic where it's like, oh, it'd be funny to make fun of this person for being gay, not trans people are evil or something. You yeah. Know? But I mean, also her character is like pretty sympathetic how she's like, we yeah. just, we, me and this guy just wanted to make money so we could build a nest egg for ourselves and. Like, it, yeah. that really just exposes how, like, shitty yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft was. It's like, oh, this is a perfectly, this is one of the most, like, relatable people in this movie. Well, and, and that's what's so weird is, like, yeah, he's Yeah, I just thought never... that was interesting, that the depiction of the character. Yeah. But it, it's just so weird. He's yeah. never shitty to anyone else. And yeah, it's I like know. The, it's like it's... they needed an excuse of someone that a general audience would think it'd be okay to be shitty of because we dehumanize yeah. these kind of people or something. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I had two more things as being rough to watch. Me... Uh, one was just the stuff with Olivia. like Oh, yeah, how she's 16 years old. <laughs> and super sexualized the whole time, and then it leads to yeah. her statutory rape. Um, and then yeah. he's like, that's... You saved the world all happy. Like, you son of a gun. <laughs> so gnarly. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. And uh, 
the movie like never acknowledges that there's something wrong with that in any way. Well, uh, except that the cop is like, you won't tell anyone, right? Like that's illegal or whatever. Um, I feel like even that was more like, I can't have my wife knowing. Oh, you're right. Uh, I, yeah, like it's the movie. Yeah. It, it's like the creators of the movie didn't think there's anything wrong with it either. It's just how it felt. Um, it's so wild how, like, I'm not saying like, look, no matter what time period you pick, like if we're like, oh, like slavery was intense. Oh, it was a different time. It's like, yeah, but there are people like John Brown who and slaves who mm-hmm. knew it was wrong. Like every every time period, there's people. But it's it's weird to me to think that in 1991 this could be so not considered wrong that it's just like in a mainstream movie. Yeah, like, and the same with the trans stuff. But it's like, I mean, fucking Ace Ventura was yeah. is so fucked up, and Ace Ventura Two is so fucked up in other ways. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's just a trip watching stuff from when I was alive that seems so backwards. Yeah. I, um, I wonder what the age of consent was back in 1948. Not that that matters. Uh, yeah. But I'm just kind of curious. Um, I mean, it is it, 16 in a lot of places still now, which is so gnarly. Yeah, that's true. Um, But still, like, why do it? Like, why? Yeah. just... It's just so intense from the beginning. The- I will say, at least the actress is, uh, I looked it up, and she's like 23 or 24 when they would have been making this. At least there's uh, that. I figured, because usually they do every 18 just because it, it's cheaper. You don't have to like worry about yeah. the, the filming times, but whatever. Um, yeah, she also, she looked older than 16 yeah, to me. Um, so I was like, I just want to make sure what her age was. <laughs> For sure. I was scared yeah. to look. Um, the last thing to me that was problematic was just the you mentioned it but like yeah i know there's a haitian zombie thing but then mm. just like the the ma- most of the black people in the movie all of them except for kerpotkin were like lower class zombies who were like workers and yeah like, even that was said, like straight from the west indies super cheap labor so yeah that, it's like in that line like you would think like oh we realize this is problematic either we can address it more to show that it's problematic or have other characters that don't represent that but it's just kind of left as this unsaid thing where there's just uh this huge slavery trade that's all black people um and it's the only uh two black people we see i guess people of color we see are you know a voodoo uh priestess witch um and um a lawyer she she's related to yeah well then and yeah. uh, and the zombies um oh yeah i was saying the only one that isn't like uh basically represented it yeah yeah, yeah. Non, yeah who that lawyer um, was cool by the way i loved that character i wish that was that character was in it more that was a great like few lines yeah um, yeah but yeah and she kind of filled this role that like god i wish i remembered like what the normal terminology for it is, but Kropotkin kind of filled this role of like, in a lot of movies, they'll just have like one black person that's like kind of outside of the world. That's kind of like a sage or like, like the Oracle in the matrix or like, just like has good advice, but isn't touched by the world. Isn't actually affected is like kind of a magical being. And that's kind of how Kropotkin felt like, wasn't really affected by the story, but like gave him a magic protection and good advice. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there wasn't, 
nobody who was actually like a part of the narrative was black except for people who were slaves, which is just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, most movies at this time, there wouldn't be a black person at all, but still like the, when it got, when it was the one zombie, I was like, okay, there's Haitian zombies. I get this. And then when it was like all the people building the house, I was like, come on with like the white, (laughs) the white fucking developer who was like the, like running things. And then the, they like knew it was fucked up. Like they're, they're almost calling it out. Like with the, the record skipping, just going like happy, 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 happy. It was like. It was almost like they were trying to make a social commentary, but it didn't go far enough to be sure, and they didn't fill out the cast yeah. enough for that to be effective, you know? Yeah, that's that's what I said earlier, like, when they they should have, like, addressed it more or something. Yeah, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, like, uh, because, yeah, I am left unsure. Like, it seems like, obviously, all this unpaid labor and you know, these people are basically slaves and they're black. So obviously that should be social commentary, but there wasn't enough there where they're like really trying to make a point out of it or anything. Um, so you are left feeling like, is it, or is it just that because zombies are so associated with Haiti? So they just assume that that's enough or what? I don't yeah, know. Totally. Yeah. De- definitely problematic. For sure. Well, that's all. That's that's the stuff I had. Did you have anything else on that before we? Nope, uh... those were the exact same three things <laughs> okay. I would I would have mentioned for sure. Um, well, let's start talking about the monsters and effects. Um, this movie had some really cool world building. Yeah, I, I love the world building in this. Um, I really think this would have been like an awesome uh, TV show, a yeah. TV series set in this world. Uh, it, I mean HBO. I'm sure you still own the rights. You can, you can do something with this. They can uh, do a way cooler version of this now. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the concept I, is there. Yeah. One thing I liked about um, it's taking in like magic and magical creatures from like all this different kind of stuff. So you have like voodoo. You have uh, um. You have kind of like a cultish magic. You have uh, uh, like cast the runes. It's it's taking an influence from all these kind of different things and just all throwing it into this world where it's just like everything, anything goes, any any kind of magical thing goes. Where usually if a movie incorporates magic, it's usually just along one kind of strain. Mm. Of wow, not a Harry Potter fan, I guess. <laughs> No, that was cool. Um, I also, I mean, I liked how, I don't know how to put it. Like, it was really cheap, but it was also just like, yeah, it was all over the place, not just in that it was stuff from all over, but in that it was just like, some stuff was clearly nods to old things that we'd know, like the vampires and the wolfman and Uh all that stuff. But some of it was just like kids blowing up a car because they can (laughs) Or this dude just lighting the ground on fire, like, or like a guy Uh getting cut up by a bunch of paper flying around. Like, it was a mix of references. It wasn't just references to stuff. It was both, which was kind of creative. Um, Have you ever read the story Casting of the Runes by M.R. James? No. That's like his most famous story. He's a super influential horror writer. Um from like the early 19th century. Let the record show or, that uh, Rabbit's never heard of M.R. James, so Charlie's probably making it up. 
early 20th century, uh, 1900s, early 1900s. Um, Wait, hold on. Let me, let me check real quick. Hold on. Yep, that's 20th century. <laughs> I always fucking mix no, that up. It's it's that's, a weird, it's a dumb phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just trying to say 1900s instead of trying to figure that out. Anyway, that's good. I only um, mess it up with the 1900s. So as long as I'll be like 16th century, easy, but 1900s. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So that that story, um, how they that the waiter dies or the the thing coming out of the pot um that i'm pretty sure that's a reference to casting of the runes the story is like this occult writer um gets all these bad reviews from people and then those people mysteriously dies they find out that he's casting runes which is like he writes a spell on a piece of paper and then he sneaks the paper into someone's possession and then uh, that curses them, basically. Okay. So, so I'm, that makes sense. That that yeah, that's super close to that. Those runes yeah. looked so funny. Like yeah. they looked like oh, I don't know how to say, like they look like somebody who's like really shaky, like on cocaine, <laughs> trying to just write uh, the alphabet. And I was like, those aren't fucking runes. Like it's like I feel like <laughs> seeing runes in media is way more common now, to yeah. where we have an idea of like you know, Celtic root or like whatever, like Scandinavian yeah, yeah. runes. But yeah, that was just like sloppy ass English. <laughs> uh, That's a cool connection though. But, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're definitely at some point, we're probably going to do the movie night of the demon, which is an adaptation of it from the fifties, which, uh, yeah. We're also probably do the other night of the demons, which is, uh, 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 Bigfoot Play. movie, oh. Bigfoot slasher movie where he rips someone's dick off. Fuck yeah! Um, but but yes, there's also a classic horror movie based on that on casting of the runes. Nice. Anyways, that was just one reference. I was very happy to catch. That's I awesome. Thought that was really cool that they wrote that in. I okay. Do you know what year the movie Gremlins came out? Eighty four. Oh, so it was before this. Yes. Okay, because I was like, these gremlins inspired gremlins. They're so gremlins, <laughs> the movie, like, but obviously it's the other way. Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, this was definitely, they were definitely straight up uh, gremlins reference, even to the point where the design was basically just uh, the Mogwai version of the gremlins mixed with the, the you know, the evil, slimy, scaly version of gremlins. Yeah, totally. I liked how they were... I mean, to me, they just... They looked more just like the cute gremlins, the Mogwai ones, but with, like, gray and dirty hair. Um, but I guess you're right. They had some, like... If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And, and like, their hair wasn't, like, covering their whole body. Um, you're right. So you could see the kind of fucked up bodies more. Uh, what'd you, yeah, what'd you think like of it, them? I, I liked them a lot. I was super surprised that, like, they're done really well. Um, yeah. They're, and they're only in it for barely at all. So I, I was surprised that they would have put that much time and budget into these just basically just – it's just supposed to be a gag, like yeah. a reference gag. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I feel like there were, like, four monsters in the movie that were puppets. And yeah. 
so they were, I just imagine they were like, we got to do these puppets, right? There's only four. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, As I, in my opinion, all the, all the monsters look really good. What about um, the, uh, what do you think of the suit monster? I know we already talked about it, but just in general. I thought, I thought he looked really cool. Um, uh, it was kind of funny. He emerges as this really kind of grotesque, deformed, uh, kind of skeletal uh, look look to his uh, face, and then he lets out this like ridiculous laugh, and then yeah. he flies across. If he flies through the air, yes. and him flying through the air looks really bad. Yes. But it's, so that part made me laugh, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do that intentionally or That's, what i was um, i was just thinking that about the next part where like when the diner owner comes back completely bloody mm-hmm. and like screaming that to me i couldn't tell if that was supposed to be funny or like because to me that was actually one of the only horror elements of the movie but it was so yeah. wild that i was like is this supposed to be a gag i can't tell yeah and there's something about like the pacing and like the sequence of everything where it felt like it was supposed to be a gag, but it, but it was like, I mean, it's a suit horrific. Monster. It was horrific visually. Yeah, so. exactly. It just <laughs> didn't. Yeah. Totally. This movie is very confusing and that was part of it. Like, yes, no, I sure. had that same thought about that, about that part too. Um, but the waiter popping back up, um, moving on to the gargoyle. I liked, that, Wait, what did what did you oh, think of the gremlins? By the way, did you like them? Oh, the gremlins were awesome. I really yeah, I, liked how they were. How he's like, oh, is it the? I don't remember what he says. Like the carburetor or the choke or something in the car, and he's like, I know what it is, and he opens it, and it's all these gremlins, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're in a magic world. You, that's well, the thing you'd have to worry about. You've you've seen the first gremlins, right? Long ago. Okay, so that movie, um, their neighbor who's played by can't remember his name guy who's in every joe dante movie Steve uh, no oh. <laughs> um, he uh he talks about how his car is fucked up because of gremlins that were brought home from the war in mm. vietnam um and uh i mean i think that's really what gremlins uh, the idea of gremlins historically is just yeah creatures that are fuck up like machinery but yeah, yeah so this that so that was like specifically a reference to the original movie nice uh, hell yeah uh, so i thought yeah but once again i'm like wow they put a lot of budget into this first yeah. fucking gremlins gag <laughs> like, yeah it was awesome i mean yeah i really liked it and it then uh definitely some of the least cheap looking stuff in the movie is the best i can yeah. say about it yeah um i liked it i liked i don't know they were cute they were funny i mean mm-hmm. maybe if I had to think about it, my favorite part is just that dude shooting a shotgun at the gremlins. Like <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I also like, like the pot suit monster. I liked the, I, I liked that a monster could grow out of a pot. I didn't <laughs> especially like the design or the scene, but okay. I was like, Oh, that's cool. They're in a diner. Who knows where these motherfuckers are coming from? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the design. Um, so with the gargoyle, one thing I really liked was that you had these shots throughout the movie 
overhead shots of like the car and stuff from a, like a wide angle lens that was blue tinted. And I, and that was one of the things in the movie where I was actually intrigued. I was like, what is this? They're going to show us that this is weird. This is different. And then you see that that's the gargoyles view and you can tell it, Oh, the gargoyle has been chasing Fred Ward this whole time. And those were his view. And I really, I dug that. Yeah, that was, that was neat. Uh, I, I appreciate that the only way you can hurt a gargoyle is by kicking it in the nuts. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. Oh, you didn't? No. Uh, when he's fighting with a gargoyle, he, like, fires two shots at it, and then, like, the gargoyle, like, poses, like, puts his arms up, like, yeah, you can't hurt me. And then Fred Ward kicks him in the nuts, and he, like, uh, doubles over, like, oh, <laughs> I love his crotch. Someone had to carve the nuts Oh, I don't think you actually saw the nuts. No, but no, I don't mean in them. real life. I mean, oh, okay. in this oh. movie, the gargoyle, who's a statue, has nuts. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know how gargoyle myths go. Were they statues first to become alive, or are they monsters that become statues? I'm going to assume that they're statues that come alive, even though that seems, I... like, wrong, only because I would like the idea of, like, some very old Italian man carving the ball sack. <laughs> I, I feel like that's correct, though. It's statues that come alive. Ooh, that's cool. I, I used to watch the Gargoyles cartoon as a kid. Did you ever watch that? I I mean, I know I saw a couple episodes. I don't think it was something I regularly watched. Though. I was deep in it, man. That's one of those things. It's like there were so many shows back then, but they were all one or two years that like, where the mm-hmm. fuck is that show? Where's the... Where's the Gargoyles video game that, like, will bring the millennials together and give us peace? Like, We need a Michael Bay Gargoyles movie. Dude, um, have you seen Ambulance? No. Everybody's talking about it, man. I, yeah, everyone's saying it's pretty good. Um, there is, like, a one... Like, the week before that was coming out, there's like, a big thing on film Twitter where, like, everyone's like, actually, Michael Bay is really great and uh, yeah. people people are ignoring uh that he's actually a really good filmmaker i'm like i don't know is he i mean a lot of his stuff is clearly dog shit so i don't know what they're saying but i just know that a lot of people that i follow on letterbox and shit really liked ambulance so i'm confused um and yeah check it out maybe i'll check it out yeah might be worth it uh what do you think of the gargoyle Aside from his balls, stop talking about balls, Charlie. Uh, I liked him. I don't feel like he was as well done as, say, the Gremlins. um, He looked like a little bit cheaper, but I don't know. I still still liked him. I still thought he looked pretty... I I still approved of his look. Uh, Still better than I would expect from a TV movie. Even if it's just HBO. Oh, this was a TV movie. Yeah, this is specifically an HBO movie. Oh, I thought maybe HBO was like trying to get into the film. That makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah. That explains uh, a lot. I can't believe Julianne Moore was. I guess she was pretty young, but. Um, I'm pretty sure this was made for HBO. Makes sense. Um. I mean, it did say HBO yeah. a lot, and, like, those opening title cards, I was like, okay, they don't do this like this anymore. I don't know when <laughs> yeah. they did it like this, but they did it like this then. Um, yeah. What about... So, I wasn't 100% convinced he was Cthulhu. Obviously, I leaned that way because it said Cthulhu question mark on the outline that I put. Um 
But they said a bunch of names for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was cool. It was big and slimy and red and dark and, like, gnarly. It was definitely, like, an anticlimactic ending, so it didn't blow me away. But, like, the idea that it could be Cthulhu was exciting, but it didn't yeah. look like what I picture Cthulhu as, so it was kind of disappointing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was supposed to be Cthulhu. Um, but I mean, his name's fucking Lovecraft. Yeah, and they, they've mentioned Cthulhu a yeah. few times throughout. Um, uh it definitely was not supposed to be Yog Sothoth, which is the other one that they named a lot. Oh. Yog Sothoth, I think, is more supposed to be like a form of bubbles. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Is that a Lovecraftian I, thing too? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that spell, he chants. He mentions like a lot of different Lovecraftian creatures and references and stuff. Uh, By the way, but, for more on Lovecraft, where we dive deep into Lovecraft, check out our episode on the movie Underwater. Um, movie in which I got blackout drunk and talked a lot about Lovecraft and my love of Lovecraft. Oh, I forgot you uh, got ripped on that one. You were revving it up. I don't remember anything about it, and that is one episode I will not listen to. <laughs> well, unlike Charlie, you should listen to it, y'all, and then you can tweet Charlie about things that he said on there if you tweet at Elon Musk slash internet. Uh, and if you want a song that mentions both Mr. James and Yog Sothoth, listen to uh, uh, Spectre versus Rector by The Fall off their album Dragnet. And if that isn't enough for you folks, listen to the the wild hit Spectrum versus Rectum on YouTube. Just Google it. Spectre versus Rector. Spe- but, uh, no, if that wasn't enough for oh, you, oh, Google okay. Spectrum versus Rectum. It's it's good. Just it's a good one. Trust me. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's supposed to be Cthulhu. One, I mean, one thing to remember about Cthulhu is like the design that we're that everyone knows and is used to um, isn't like isn't really official. I mean, I've read love... Call of Cthulhu, so I I just mean based on what I okay. Uh, take from yeah, it. I mean, I, you would expect more tentacles. I don't I don't know if it had wings. Yeah, or, like around the mouth. This person you know, there's supposed to be tentacles and, and there's supposed to be wings. Yeah, that's that's generally yeah. So, but I overall I thought it was a pretty cool looking monster. Um, although it didn't look very. Uh, didn't look like it was very mobile, so I bet I could survive True. a tangle with it. Uh, well, uh, use your imagination, Charlie. That was just because it's a puppet. And in the movie, it wasn't supposed to be a puppet. That's how they made it. By the way, if you're wondering how to say Cthulhu, check out our episode on Underwater. We go deep into how to pronounce Cthulhu. I don't want people listening to that episode. <laughs> sorry. It's a good one. It's a really good one. I'm sure it's very embarrassing. Listen to the first half of the episode on Underwater. Oh, God. What happens in the second half? I don't want to talk about it. I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Now I'm very scared. I'm sorry. I just was making a joke because you got drunk as it went, so I thought it'd be funny to say uh, it. Oh, just listen to all our whole library, folks. Don't worry about it. Um... um I, I liked his its vaginal mouth, which then turned into a, a 
alien xenomorph-esque mouth that shoots oh, out. Oh, yeah. Very Tremors-like tentacles coming out of it, too. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wrote in my um, in my notes, is, like, very Tremor-esque mouth. I can see Fred Ward shoots. playing either of the characters from either of those movies on the set of Tremors when they show him what it's going to be like, and he goes, oh, not again! <laughs> or wait, Tremors was 1990? I think so. Tremors was first. Right. Never mind. Okay, so in this one he goes, not again! I like to believe that Fred Ward is his character from Tremors, and this is him acting in this one. Yeah, I think that's what he's ever said in like every interview he ever did. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it... I, I like the monster, even though it wasn't that great, but I, I thought it was still well executed and it, an original idea of Cthulhu, even if it wasn't maybe the greatest idea, the greatest design. But uh, I, I still kind of dug that they were doing their own thing and it, it looked good and it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was neat. Uh, what did you think of the Gargo, by the way? I, I asked you that before, and you thought I had said something else, and then I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, I... I mean, the, I said the thing already about how I liked, like, the idea of the Gargoyle is chasing them all the time, mm -hmm. but as the actual Gargoyle, yeah, it was pretty blasé. Uh, mm -hmm. it was... Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a person in a suit, or if it was a puppet, and it kind of just looked cheap. Yeah. Didn't, didn't it was definitely the cheapest. It. it was the cheapest looking monster. Yeah, in, uh, I think like if I'm gonna do a hierarchy, you know, I love hierarchy. It's gonna be mm -hmm. Gremlins on the top, then Cthulhu, then Pot Monster, Pot slash Soup Monster, then Gargoyle. Were there any other monsters yeah. that you know of? Like there were like the vampires, and there was like the Wolfman and stuff. But the, were there any the like werewolf? Yeah, like see, you know, effects monsters. I mean, the werewolf was a lot of makeup and True. effects on it, but uh, I think that would be the closest thing to what you're asking. I can't remember anything else. Not enough CGI in this movie, I gotta say. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about some characters, dude. I mean, characters. I don't know what else there is to say about uh, Harry F Phillips Lovecraft. Like, come on. Wait. Does it actually call him Harry Philip Lovecraft, or is that... It said it on just, the door. Okay. To his uh, private eye thing. Because the writer's name is Howard Phillips Lovecraft, so that's... Oh, no, you're right. It wouldn't be Harry. I think it's... Wait, I don't remember. I think I copied this and from IMDb. Harry was the name of... Harry was the name yeah. of... Uh, so they wouldn't have named Morgan. it that. Yeah. yeah. On the door, it said yeah. H. Phillips Lovecraft. Okay, okay, yeah. And I was like, wow, you can't even come up with a name so that it's so obvious for us to see H.P. Lovecraft. Like, yeah. like, hey, dummies, hey, dummies, this is a reference. <laughs> um, it's, um, his character really is not, has nothing to do with the actual writer H.P. Lovecraft. Like, there's no outside of him being a bigot in one scene. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's just supposed to hammer home all the references in the world. Um, yes, but but yeah, it is kind of like um, you know Kropotkin and Bradbury, where it's like there is really nothing about this character that seems to be anything to do with 
that person's named after. It it really felt to me like a student film where somebody mm-hmm. thinks that nobody else knows about Lovecraft and Bradbury, like the most famous horror and sci-fi <laughs> writers of all time and the most famous anarchist mm-hmm. writer of all time, and that they're like, oh, I'll just sneak these names in so people who will know will know. But it's like we yeah. all, everybody knows those names. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked him. I mean, I had fun following him along for the mystery I I got swept up in the mystery enough that I was like, oh, what's happening? Like, for a while, I was like, oh, I think Olivia stole the book because she's talking about how her father doesn't pay attention to her and she wished she was a book because she wished she paid enough attention. So, like, I was actually getting swept up with his narrative along. I, I was going along with Lovecraft and I was like, okay, like, what? what like I'm learning stuff as he's learning stuff what's gonna happen and I I trusted him the whole time to do good stuff like I liked the idea that he had a code of honor that he followed Mm -hmm. that was not do magic for some reason that I don't know and that he stuck by it like I liked that I was gonna ask about that because yeah it is like he's very prideful about keeping his integrity and not using magic not going the easy way um, like everybody else is uh, swept up and doing, and and he considers that selling out. But they never really give a reason why it's yeah. bad and unhonorable to use magic. Yeah, which... I wish that was flushed out more because it doesn't make much. It it almost felt like he was just behind the times. Like he wouldn't embrace technology, or mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't. Um... Like oh, this newfangled music. Like fuck jazz. I'll only <laughs> listen to. <laughs> whatever but either way i liked that he was like i'm not going to compromise my morals for something easy even though i don't Mm -hmm. understand his his ethics or whatever yeah the whole time i thought that they were going to reveal the reason why like it was going to like a big character uh development where he's like my mom was killed by magic uh yeah or something but yeah i was surprised when that never happened I have a question, though. I, f- I forgot to ask this when we were talking about Cthulhu. Is Cthulhu and the whole thing with the Necronomicon, is that why there's magic in the world? Because, like, okay, so magic suddenly came here. We don't know why, but recently it came here, and he's, and our main character's like, I'm not going to use it, right? And then Cthulhu gets killed, and what happens? The gargoyle turns back into stone. Something else happens with magic that disappears. It's like magic disappears and you don't see magic for the rest of the movie. And it almost felt like, Oh, there's only magic here because this situation was happening to call Cthulhu. And like, our guy was somehow like Lovecraft was somehow living. Like it was like, he was aware that this was this temporary weird thing. And he's like, I'm going to stay above. I'm going to float above this. Interesting. Um, well, I, the fact that there's a sequel probably says that's not the case, but also, we're, I mean, this movie Ooh. should be examined as a self-contained thing, because they probably weren't even anticipating a sequel at the time. Yeah. Um, well, and a sequel could be anything. It could be like, oh, another curse game where now magic's here. Yeah, I don't, it could be anything. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, you're right, we don't really encounter magic after that, but we're also not... There's only, like, one more scene, and it's based in uh, his office, but so the, we're not really... The only magic we to... see, we watch it disappear. Like, Yeah, I know. 
So why would I'm not they show saying us your, that? your point doesn't have merits to it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. No, no, no. I'm I'm, just... I, I guess I'm. If it was, I was just saying, if it was just that there wasn't magic anymore, I wouldn't think anything mm. of it. It's the fact that we watched the magic magic disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's a good. That's a good theory. I like it. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I just also... want answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll call Paul Schrader tomorrow and he'll tell us. Uh, I have the, uh, on I... high authority that Paul Schrader only does voice messages. <laughs> he, uh, I know he has a Facebook, um, so I'll message him on Facebook. Hell yeah. You don't have a Facebook, right? I do. Okay, I, perfect. N- I, I never say, use He's not going to like whatever one I make tomorrow to hit him up with. <laughs> I think there's a Twitter account called like Paul Schrader's Facebook post or something like that. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> um, he does like crazy Facebook posts. Anyways, uh, I was going to ask you, this kind of tied into your last question. Why was there a reason why Hackshaw shows him like it seemed like there he wanted the detective that didn't use magic but i don't know why or maybe i was just reading into that um and that wasn't even the case but, but it's just like do we know the first hires picked him the hackshaw oh. picked him oh yeah he he hired him yeah because he has him come over to his house and then yeah. he's like empty your pockets so it is true that you don't use magic oh wow that's crazy and huh. then uh at the end when he named his price he was like you can go find someone else instead and he's like no 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 you're the man for the job you're the man for the job it seems like he really specifically wanted him and it seemed like it had to do with because he doesn't use magic I mean, but then probably just because he's fred ward <laughs> yeah, he's like, you are very handsome, and I've seen you tangle with some worms. Um, I bet you can find a no, book for me. that's a good question, because I'm trying to think of, like, what aspect of this needs there to not be magic. But maybe it's just that, like, a non-magic user wouldn't pick up on the weird shit he's trying to... I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Um, that reminds me of something else I meant to bring up earlier. Yeah, with, with Tugwell... Tugwell's supposed to be a scary gangster guy because he he like kills people basically for he's like the enforcer for I'm gonna um, go get some fresh air for Borden yeah but all he does is like use magic to kill and hurt people but can't anybody else just basically do the same thing like like if I'm Mickey and I know I'm selling a fake book to a gangster. I would probably be like, hey, I'm going to learn some uh, violent spells. So, I mean, that's kind of the problem with the movie is they don't give us any grasp on how magic works, yeah. how you learn it, who... Like, to me, within the context of the movie, all I could say is that Tugwell is the only person who's a piece of shit enough to do gnarly things to people. But even then, like... Like, Mickey knew that he was putting his life on the line, just but fucking learn a spell for protection. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't I don't know how magic works in this, so, I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody knows. It seems pretty random. Yeah, yeah, they, it, yeah I guess that, that kind of helps them get away with whatever they want to do. Well, um, and it's just, you know, not something they dealt with. Yeah. Um, Connie Stone... 
Julianne Moore. Um, mm. There's there's one thing that stands out to me. Her singing? The worst lip syncing I have ever seen. <laughs> oh my was god. Was it bad? I don't think I was really paying attention to those singing scenes. I didn't notice till Ira was like, oh my god, this is such bad lip syncing. And I looked and it's like, once you see it, dude, it's like she doesn't yeah. breathe at all. But she over-enunciates everything. Like, this is going to be great uh-huh. for podcast listeners, but I'm going to show Charlie what I mean. Like, <laughs> like it's it's unreal. If you just watch it again, just watching her mouth, like, she opens her mouth as wide as she can for every single word. It's so <laughs> bad. And the singer wasn't yeah. even that good. It's like, if you're going to have her lip sync. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think I noticed the lip singing, oh, but uh, it hurts. Dude. I mean, I, I was drunk the first time I watched it, and then the next time I watched it, I was taking notes, so I probably wasn't fully paying attention. Yeah, um, it's probably writing something or something. Uh, yeah, the music, the singing itself didn't really do anything for me. Um, man, I, yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch that. Please do. <laughs> it's it's fucking nuts, dude. It's wild. <laughs> Kind of seems like they could have nailed those scenes. They could have chose some better music and uh, done better lip syncing, or I don't know what Jillian Morris' voice is like, actual singing or something. That could have delivered like a cool kind of Lynchian yeah. type of thing. Um, and it kind of seems that that's what they wanted to go for, but then they kind of just like half-assed it and yeah. We're just like, eh, it's somewhere in the ballpark. Um, which I guess feels like a lot with this movie, uh, where like there's cool things that they're going for, but they just kind of seem to not really nail it and not and kind of just doing it half ass, so Yeah. Um Yeah, her character besides that uh, she's supposed to be a femme fatale character, but I don't know. She just, she just felt very secondary to me. I guess I don't know. Like, I mean, Olivia seemed like a way bigger character than her, and I wanted Julian more to be a bigger character. Yeah, like Olivia was. I like Julian. Funny and interesting, but like, this person was not. Yeah, I mean, I I like Julian more. She's great. I I like, I like the general. I, I usually like femme fatales in the uh, film noirs, but yeah, th- that whole her character just seemed very lacking in this. I'm such a like shitty movie critic. Like I, w- I just wanted them to be happy together. Like <laughs> that's all. I-, I was just like, oh, okay, they'll just be a team now. Oh, they <laughs> fucked, and like the- she's not with the boss anymore. This week, <gasps> what? She double crossed him. <laughs> like the most obvious thing that would ever. I-, I totally, totally got me. Like. I uh, I like when they were fucking the gargoyle was watching through the window. Uh, there should be a that there, he should have popped his he should have said ha ha yes while watching them like the oh the, the sicko the, sicko's thing yeah the sicko that's yeah, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> you need a gargoyle sicko it would have been uh twenty one years no thirty one years <laughs> ahead of knowing about anyway uh, yeah I like um forward-thinking movies i like forward-thinking art totally (laughs) yeah i Uh, i mean 
I don't know. It was weird, too, at the end. He, like, was still cool with her and stuff. I know. He didn't seem that bothered. He was just like, eh, you'll, you'll just take him to jail for killing Harry. And But uh, he wasn't like, you just tried to, like, destroy the world for your own power, for your... For yourself. Yeah. Uh, you didn't really seem that bothered by that. <laughs> nope. Uh, bummer. Or even just even the double cross in him. Um, yeah. You didn't seem bothered by that either. Uh, do you have much to say about Amos Hackshaw? I don't have much. What? What do I know that actor from? I don't know. I have the same feeling. But it wasn't enough I mean, that I was, it was, like, bothering me the whole time. Like, if I'd seen him in multiple things, I'd be, like, losing my mind. Mm-hmm. But I definitely recognized him. I've seen him in multiple things, but there's, like, one role I specifically associate him with, and I can't pick on what it is. I can't Same. figure it out. Let us know. Um, Email us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, besides that, he's a, he plays a rich asshole really good. Yeah, uh, that first scene with him where he like wants to hire Lovecraft and he's just like a shithead just throughout, just very kind of um, just like his whole demeanor is just very snobby. I'm better than you, uh, kind of thing. Even though it's like he really specifically wants to hire Lovecraft, like you'd think he'd be a little bit nicer, but he still just acts like a complete dick. Throughout the whole thing. I mean, that's rich people hiring people, dude. I know that because he's a rich person, and he's like, "Of course you'll work for me if I want you to work for me." Yeah, but, dude. I just have to tell you, just because this just happened, my my coworker uh, only works part time because he also has his own business where he uh, does tree work, and mm-hmm. the owner of our company's dad, so a really rich dude, hired him to do tree work like last week. And my friend agrees over the phone on the price ahead of time per hour, tells him about how many hours we'll do, uh, gets there, how long it'll take, gets there. Uh, and the guy who hired him, I, my boss's dad, is like, you know what? I'm just going to put out a lawn chair and drink a Corona. And he does that and watches him do the tree work the whole time. And then he finishes the tree work earlier than what he said. And so by the hour, he said, and the guy goes, okay, how much will that be? And he goes, 160 bucks. And he goes, how's a hundred sound? Oh my God. Right? Like this dude's like a millionaire. Like (sighs) it's just so insane. And my friend had to like fight to get the money and like so much power. So insane. (laughs) Fucking. Ah. Such a dick. Like, he also then he came to bring the extra money because he only had a hundred on him. So he came to our work. He just walked in, even though it's literally illegal to be on legal recreational weed farms if you don't have badges. But he's a rich white man, so who cares? Yeah. Walks up to the door, knocks on it. I open the door. It's me and my my coworker. I open the door. I'm staring at him. If I'm walking into somebody's office and I don't have never been there before, I'd go, hi, my name's Rabbit. Like, is it cool if I come in? He looks at me and he just walks past me, doesn't say a word to me, talks to my coworker and never acknowledges me the entire time and leaves. And I was just like, man, fucking like, I can't explain how out of touch like rich white boomers are. It's insane. Like, you can't even have the basic courtesy of like 
acknowledging people or paying them what you agreed to because you think you're better. It's crazy. What an absolute shitbag. Yeah, and, dude. Oh, I hate people like that. <laughs> um, just, just fucking <laughs> bags of shit. Like, how's a hundred sound? Dude has a fucking kid to take care of and shit. He's like, oh yeah, let's cut it by almost half, you fucking asshole. God, like, I have... Like, massive anxiety whenever I leave a tip, because I'm like, oh, maybe I should have left more, maybe I should have left more. I know. And <laughs> Oh, dude, I mean, the studies show that, like, poor people tip a way bigger percentage than rich people on average. Like, it's Yeah, makes crazy. sense to me, because like, they're like, yo, I get it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't go out to eat if I can't afford a nice tip. Like, I don't do yeah. it because then what, I'm being an asshole. Like, exactly. I, I'll, I literally tip a lot of what i have because it's like well mm -hmm. if i had that job i don't want the same thing like but yeah rich yeah. people are just like why don't they pull themselves up by their fucking bootstraps and not mm -hmm. have this fucking job but also <laughs> i can't imagine a world where people aren't bringing coffee to my door but let's not think about that we need you know anybody could work hard and we could all be me but also people need to but... serve me so it's <laughs> fucking crazy exactly. well and then we live in this great country that's like, we need to uh, cut inflation by raising the unemployment rate. Dude, dude. Fucking love that capitalism, baby. Dude, did you hear what Biden announced he's doing this, this week? Like tobacco? Yeah, or? like what? Like I didn't even wait. What 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 is it exactly? He's, he said that he's putting out a bill. I forget. El Barto like posted a guardian or yeah. no no washington post article about it that uh he's putting forward uh i think a bill or something that that will make tobacco companies take the nicotine out of their cigarettes so it's like y'all we got you know more white supremacist uprisings than ever before more cop killings than ever before a worse climate crisis than we've ever had more transphobia and anti-queer like hatred than we've ever had before abortion is under attack and he's like you're not even allowed to smoke cigarettes to deal with that shit it's oh so crazy. yeah i liked someone i don't remember who someone tweeted out like uh uh forcing like everyone to have guns who everyone who who has to force everyone to cut uh cigarettes cold turkey and like having them own guns or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the concealed license thing that happened today. What I'm trying uh, to say is Amos Hackshaw's a real Biden. <laughs> mm, I don't know. He would definitely vote Republican. Yeah, so would Biden. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Olivia. Um... The Okay. If you lived in a world where you had to be a virgin to catch a unicorn... In a world where you have to be a virgin to hunt unicorns. No, just in a world where you have to be a virgin. <laughs> in a world where you have to be a virgin. Unicorns are on the loose. It's up to you. Uh I Would I lose my virginity or would I continue hunting unicorns? Yeah, Is that what you're asking? Yeah, it's a tough call. I was wondering the same thing. Because, yeah. like, I don't want to hunt them, but I'd like to catch them. Because how else can I yeah. hold them? 
I want to frolic with them. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. <laughs> That's a tough call, dude. It makes sex ed way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but then we hit. We'd have like conservatives saying, "I don't want my kids being taught about unicorns in the classroom." That's something for me to teach my kids about. It's literally happening right now somewhere. <laughs> There'd be a whole debate on like, is it really sex if you use a condom or is that still like, you're not, you're not having sex. The condom's having sex. Can I catch a unicorn? Like, what, how does that work? Like, what do you mean you can't catch a unicorn? Like, are, are the unicorns not animals? Are they not able to be caught by force? Like, does it make you stronger and fast? Like, you can literally never catch a unicorn. Like, what is it? What? (laughs) We didn't ever see a unicorn, did we? Yeah. Oh, we did? So, Fred Ward's driving to meet Amos Hackshaw for the first time. And a unicorn, Mm -hmm. before you even meet Olivia, a unicorn jumps in the road and he slams on the brakes. It runs away. And then she jumps in the road ahead. Okay. Chasing it. Yeah. Because I was wondering, like, maybe you can only see him if you're... But nope, nope. Apparently not. Nope. Um, just, uh, just, you know, trouble. I saw one, so you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> one time. Uh, I just want to tell everyone, I would definitely not be able to hunt a unicorn oh, if I was yeah, in this dude. world. Dude, I'd like, be so bad at A thousand times unicorns. over, like... <laughs> I would be the last person to be able to hunt unicorns. I, yeah. In, I think. in 1948, Los Angeles, I wouldn't even be able to get a horse, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, um, what do you think of Olivia? Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked her. Um, Obviously, the whole thing with her is always like, yeah, she's 16, because a big part of her character, she's very kind of flirty. Yeah. Um, and very upfront about it. So that does put in this weird dynamic the whole time. But her character was fun. She was fiery. She was, uh, I think the actress did a good job. And she was um, just like excited to be at a diner. Like there was something that like I know. was so interesting about like sprucing up all these like scenes of just, you know, kind of normal noir gritty normal ass life and then she's just like a tourist (laughs) like sticking out like a store thumb uh just also kind of neat way of hammering home how she's like uh she's this rich kid whose dad is like trying to protect her from the world and keep her separated from the world so that just that has a way of transforming someone so um yeah so it's kind of cool to see her out in the diner and she's not like oh look at all this scummy riffraff um, yeah. but she's actually like oh wow this is great i wish it could be part of this world more um yeah it's so like a, there's something she's reacting endearing to about it. yeah yeah totally yeah like he wants her to be a certain way so i mean he just wants mm. we find out later he just wants her to not to stay a virgin so he can yeah. use her but like when, and is is she, is he her real dad, or was that? I mean, not real, but like a is she is he her biological dad? I think so. I thought she said I... something like he said something like, "Oh, I had to do all this work. I had to stay with your mother in order to get you." But I don't know if that meant like he can't catch yeah, unicorns anymore. Yeah, he did anymore, say that. Or... <laughs> he he did say that about having to stay with his mother with her mother. But yeah, I I thought he was supposed to be her real dad. Um, 
but I, or biological dad. Yeah. Uh, but I, it, I could be wrong or I could have missed something. For sure. Uh, what do you think about Harry? Uh, I love, I really like Clancy Brown a lot. So, um, I like that. Uh, um, I like that he's not a cop anymore. Um, oh yeah. Uh, see, she, Julianne Moore corrupted him or convinced him to start taking, uh, uh, become a corrupt cop. Why, and, why like, do you take think money. Lovecraft's not a cop anymore? They implied when he was talking to Bradbury that had to do with their, like, suspicions leveled at him because uh, Harry's character that makes was sense. corrupt. Well, then but thank then God he's for like, Harry. <laughs> then Bradbury is like, but we know you're innocent, so we can hire you again if you want. And Lovecraft's like, nah, fuck that. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, but yeah, I... I I like Terry's character. Um, I still kind of felt like I wish there was a bit more there. I don't, I don't know what, but, uh, uh, I mean, he was kind of just like the uh, fake bad guy to throw you off while the real bad guy yeah. was Hackshaw. But then Hackshaw yeah, didn't he, have that much to him either. So why did, why did he want to be a uh, ruler of the world? Um, ruler of the world of dead people. <laughs> I know exactly. That's what I mean. Because they tell, they say like the world is just going to be, you know, dead people and the sky's full of ashes. But hey, it will at least be your world. Yeah, I mean like, that's that's the way I took it. Was this movie was very critical of rich people, and and it's just power for the sake of power. Yeah, it's uh, like a positive feedback loop of I want power so I can have power yeah. so I can have power, and it doesn't matter what anything outside of that is. Yeah, doesn't matter. If it's a world of dead people I have power over, or as long as I have that power, yeah, I'll have so yeah, much I, power that I'll still try to haggle with the tree guy. <laughs> <laughs> So there's only two living people left in the world, me, the master of the world, and the tree guy, <laughs> and I will not pay him more than a hundred dollars. <laughs> Even though the money buys nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I liked him when he killed the, when he, not kill, but the singer who wants to leave his nightclub and become a, and work with a record label. And so he makes his voice more higher pitched oh, yeah. and say things backwards. It's <laughs> terrible. You hate it. You hate this. You hated the sound of it. Yeah, I just hated that he did it. It was so fucked up. <laughs> it was very fucked up. But I, it was much more. I thought it was like a clever way of doing it instead of like killing him or or something kind of like uh, overtly violent. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, he was fine to me. I can't... Mm-hmm. I I, I got nothing to say about him. Uh, you covered it all. Okay. Um, the only other person I really wanted to talk about was... I fucking hated Tugwell so much, dude. 
I every second he was on screen, I hated. It. I hated how the actor played him. I hated his little wow. his winks. I hated his. I'm gonna get some air. Like I just fucking hated that dude, and I'm very glad he died. <laughs> I'm very glad he died. Uh, which they just had the zombie drown him, right? That's in a bubble bath. Yeah, in bubble bath. Yeah. Uh, Wait, was that Jorwalo's room? What the Lovecraft monster? Uh, not Cthulhu. Yog Sothoth yeah. of the bubble bath. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wow. It, I was close. <laughs> That's like one of the most pronounceable uh, names of an old god in Lovecraft's work. I've only heard you say it, so I can't like. <laughs> it's not like I've seen it written out. Uh, yeah, it might have been him. Might have been him. Cool theory I have. Yeah, that's a pretty neat theory. I liked it a lot. What do you think of Tugwell? Sounds very sexual for uh, a name. I <laughs> yeah, and like uh, grammatically correct. I, I bet originally they were like, let's call this guy Tug Good. And they're like, no, no. He tugs well. I mean, he is it's, Harry's right-hand I, man, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I got an idea. Yeah. Um. That's a, a criticism I saw on Letterboxd, where a lot of people were saying that his character is coded gay, and so they thought huh, he's, really? he's homophobic. I, I didn't really. Maybe there's some something effeminate to some of his mannerisms, but I never thought he was gay. Or I really, didn't, yeah, I didn't gay. pick up on that at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the case. But that was what some people were saying. For sure. Um, yeah, I definitely did not dislike him as much as you did, but he was like a creepy little despicable villain who was just like this this uh, moralist lackey who was willing to do anything for his boss and uh, go to any extremes to kill people. Um, I thought him ha having fake money form a tornado and rip someone's flesh off was pretty cool. Yeah. Totally. That was cool. I like that. Yes. I didn't like that he did it. I didn't like that he laughed while he did it. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> did you have any other characters you want to talk about? Um, yeah, Bradbury. I saw a 40th anniversary screening of The Thing last night. Nice. And Wait, which one? Uh, the, the good one. The, the one from 40 years ago. Uh, oh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Fucking smartass. <laughs> Uh, there's also another thing from the 50s which is supposed to be pretty well, good well there's a remake of the thing from the 90s yeah they're from 2011 Two, yeah 2000, I, from the 2000s or that's a prequel it's not a remake there is a remake though the, isn't there oh I thought that was a remake I've never seen it no so that, now. it's about in the in the 1982 one the thing comes from a Norwegian base yeah. And then they go they go and investigate the Norwegian base. So it's like what happened on the Norwegian oh, base. Cool. Is, yeah. Uh which is kind of a cool concept, but I hear it's not that good and Same. the uh, CGI effects suck, which Oof. is terrible when you're considering the the, the first one is like some of the greatest effects ever made. Yeah. Uh anyway, so I went to a screen of that last night and one of the characters is the same one of the actors is the same guy that does Bradbury in this. Oh. So 
Uh, I just thought that was neat. Um, and yeah, in that movie, his head gets rips, rips off and turns into a spider creature that yeah. tries to run out of the room without Kurt Russell seeing him. Uh, so a lot better than being this cop that doesn't have a much of a role in this, but, uh, I just well, wanted to point that out. I mean, cause... not much of a role. He wrote Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And he wrote the Martian Chronicles. Yeah. So that's another, that's another banger. Totally. <laughs> um, cool. Well, as far as politics and themes, I mean, the main ones I want to talk about, we already did like Lovecraft's and his, his ethics around magic and the fact that rich people just look like shit in this movie. Like every rich person mm-hmm. is bad yeah. and dies uh yeah which is sick um but i didn't yeah, really fucking awesome have any other ones did you i mean I, I i couldn't when i got out of this movie i was like you know we were talking about they kind of threw in you know names like bradbury and lovecraft they kind of threw in all these old things but it didn't feel cohesive of like why they were mm. using those. I felt the same way where I was, I, I just left being like, there isn't an overall message. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. I don't think there is. Yeah. I definitely don't think there is, but I agree with that. Are. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? That's a perfect message. That's true. That's a good message. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our awards and shit. What is your dumb cop of the week? Um, my Dumb cop of the week. Now this might be controversial because it wasn't really a dumb thing, but uh, Grimwaldy for sleeping with a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, fuck that cop. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a not dumb aspect to it in the in the sense that it saved the planet, but still dumb. He didn't know not that. worth it. it it's fuck still terrible. Uh, yeah, fuck that cop. Yeah, piece of shit. I, you know, okay, so it feels like there's two types of dumb cop of the week right in movies mm-hmm. where there's actual cops we often the way it started was making fun of cops for being like the stupidest cop but the uh, other way we use the award is to point out people who are acting like cops in a very serious way and those yes. are the two kind of flavors right so i had trouble going between the two i chose the latter which was just lovecraft for being a transphobic homophobic piece of shit that very cop like mm-hmm. Um, yes. So that's my dumb cop of the week. Fucking fuck you. Uh, yeah. But also my runner up is in the very first fucking scene, the first few minutes, at least that cop who says a misogynistic statement to this girl and gets punched in the face. Um, isn't that the same cop? That's either Grimwald. Yeah, that's Grimwaldi, right? Yeah, yeah, the one that I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was a very dumb thing to do, and I like <laughs> seeing him get hit in the face, and a good way to start a movie. I was stoked at that yeah, moment. Yeah, totally. So that's my runner-up, but <laughs> I gotta give it to Lovecraft. Need to start... More movies need to start with uh, cops being punched. Yeah, misogynistic cops, just boom. I mean, that's yeah. redundant, but yes. Um, <laughs> cool, uh, what's your Praxis Award? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say another thing about Grimwaldi. Yeah. And a couple other dumb things about him. Um, he, he always calls Lovecraft Slugcraft and he's like very proud of himself. Like, oh, all this is such yeah. a, yeah. And then, uh, he's supposed to tail Lovecraft and Lovecraft just like immediately sees <laughs> yeah. him. Um, that's and, true. And he's like, well, they didn't, my, my boss didn't say I had to be discreet about it, which like, obviously he's supposed to be yeah, discreet yeah. when you're 
<laughs> channeling somebody, um, which also kind of, uh, it's also kind of funny because she's so bad at that when uh, there's a fucking flying rock monster that uh, uh, nobody notices that's also tailing Lovecraft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just shows how much better the, the that's gargoyle great. is. Good catch. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking, that's some real classic Dumb Cop of the Week shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, all right, who's your Praxis Award? My Praxis Award is the woman at the start who punches the sexist cop in the face. <laughs> Nice. Um, my practice award is the uh, gremlins for destroying uh, technology, that, for destroying man, man's machinery. <laughs> thank you. That was my runner-up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. Fuck the cars, save the planet. That's sick. Um, okay, my favorite shot is the one... I forget exactly where what it is, but when the guy is shooting the shotgun at the gremlin, and it like makes a huge hole, I think, in the bed or something uh yeah i liked that moment that was that was cool that was a good one um i liked when we first saw the gremlin uh or the gargoyle um this it's on the top of the the mansion Mm. um the what's his name's mansion and suddenly the the sky's like red yeah the sky's this beautiful kind of pinkish reddish it's really crazy looking but very pretty and beautiful and then uh you see the yeah so it's just like the close-up of the gargoyle with that gargoyle with that crazy sky behind it and it's just it looks really cool oh yeah even if as we said the gargoyle isn't the best made creature um i still think it looks good enough in that that shot i think it looked particularly um cool yeah i agree uh in the same vein of that sky um so that's the scene where he goes and meets with uh, Hackshaw for the first time. And then when he leaves, it starts raining. But the rain is blood. Never explained. Um, never explained. <laughs> never comes back again. So <laughs> <It's>, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. <laughs> it's like world building that like blood could just fall from the sky, which I kind of like. <laughs> you know, you have to fill in the yeah. blank. But it. There's not enough other stuff where the blanks are filled for us that it feels okay, you know? Yeah. Totally. I wonder if the sky was that color because uh, that's the color the sky gets when it's about to rain blood. Whoa. Nice. Okay, let's rate this movie. I'm going to give this movie two and a half gremlins. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give this movie if theoretically we said that there were five collections of Howard Philip Lovecraft's uh, stories, I would give three of them to this movie. Okay. Alright. Hell yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Sweet. You got anything else before I close it out? Um, Keep on keeping on. Yeah, please do. Oh, you mean specifically about the movie? <laughs> um, here, let me look through my notes. No, really I, I like that. That's what I meant. Okay. The club was called the Dunwich Room, which is a Lovecraft reference to his story, the Dunwich Horror. Nice. So that's the one where, like, is that the one where all the underwater dudes are like the dead sailors? No, no. That uh, that's the Innsmouth. Um, is the Dunwich Horror then like so, the swampy the, one? 
that that one is a shadow over Innsmouth. Uh, the Dunwich Horror is like uh like there is like this house in the outskirts where the daughter has like a monster child because I think because right. she sl- uh, she was impregnated by Yak Saloth, if I remember correctly. Um, yes, that one. <laughs> Sweet. Cool, cool, cool. Good catch. I guess that's that's all. Sweet. I guess. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, keep please keep on keeping on. We appreciate y'all. Mm. Um thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. You can email us nogodspod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, give a trans person some money. Don't think too hard about it. Just give them some money. <laughs> Should I just walk up to my coworker and say, here's $20? Seriously, yes. <laughs>